This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bobby, obviously a very sad day, but isn't it amazing how some of this stuff like comes full circle? Like I remember these conversations from the trade deceiver uh, to you telling me about 69 and 73. Like, I, I feel like I was reliving a lot of this stuff throughout the course of today. Yeah, JJ, I, uh, I really enjoyed those uh, overnight sessions we had during the, uh, the height of the pandemic. And so much of it was based on, on uh, reminiscing and uh, sentiment and going down memory lane. And, you know, you're a young guy. And uh, I've been around the block a few times, but it's always great to be able to share those kinds of memories with someone like you who embrace the history and want to learn more about the history. And I'm not saying from somebody necessarily like from me, but it's something you're open to hearing and enjoying. And it's, you know, I guess in in a way I'm saying, you know, you pass the baton on and um, the passion that, say you have for the Yankees or I have for the Mets, we can relate to that in different ways. And, you know, so much of what we enjoy is based on history and and, and individual performances. And there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to be sitting there and somebody who you grow up uh, idolizing as a player when you were a youngster is going to unfortunately be, you know, passing on and you're going to be in the same seat as I someday and um, you'll be hit as hard, I'm sure, as I was today. I, uh, I was talking with Sal earlier tonight, and um, I told Sal that you knew this day was probably coming sooner than you wanted uh, when Seaver dropped out of the public eye, especially last year when the Mets had that Saturday afternoon where they honored the 1969 Mets on the occasion of their 50th anniversary of winning the World Series, and Seaver couldn't be there. And uh, he was the one person you would have wanted to have been there, but the family had announced in in March of 2019 that um, Tom couldn't make public appearances anymore, wouldn't be. So you knew then that uh, it wasn't good. So you start thinking about, well, how are you going to react when that day does arrive? 
that he passes on. JJ, it was very, it was hard. It was really hard, harder than I imagined it would be. Bobby, I totally get that. And I'm sure it brought you back to so many childhood memories, to so many games at Old Chase Stadium. And for you specifically, when was the first moment you, Bobby, used to the Met fan, fell in love with Tom Seaver? Well, I can tell you that in the mid-1960s, I would, uh, my dad, and this is another part of it, J.J., it's, there's that bonding, you know, um, my dad and I bonded in many ways over baseball. He took me to my first game at the Polo Grounds in 1962. Uh, I can't tell you too much about the game, but um, I know they played the Cubs, and they, they, they may have won that game because the Cubs weren't that good then either. But we would go to games, and he would buy me a program or the yearbook. And I can remember, we used to, in those days I lived in Jersey, and, and my dad often, uh, we would go by bus, the decamp bus, take it into Port Authority and, and get on the 7 line and go out to Shea Stadium. And my dad would buy me the yearbook. And in the back of the yearbook, there was always, they would list the prospects and even the minor league numbers. And I can remember Seaver having great numbers as a minor leaguer for Jacksonville, the AAA level. And he was on the radar. You didn't know what he was going to become. The answer to your question is, in 1967, I remember my father making the point that, hey, we've got a guy here who is, is not buying into the program, meaning the Mets program would be you know, mediocrity and settling for not too much. This guy clearly was going to exceed expectations. He won 16 games that year, J.J. He was 16 and 13 in 1967. That was a phenomenal achievement for a Met in those days. So he caught your attention. But the, the thing I – and I've repeated – I'm repeating this now. I told this to Sal earlier as well. The moment – that sticks with me in 1969 is when they went on an 11-game winning streak, which was unheard of for the Mets. And in late May, I'm going to get, say it was, they got to 500, which for the Mets was a big deal. <laughs> Getting to 500 was a big deal at that point in the season. And a reporter asked Tom Seaver about this quote-unquote milestone of the Mets being a 500 team that quote-unquote late in the season and he basically just shrugged it off and said 500 he said 500's mediocrity we're not aspiring to be 500 we're aspiring to be a winning team and that got your attention that was when I said whoa okay even as a kid I was uh Close to, I might have been a teenager at that point and starting to get a little bit baseball savvy. It got your attention, and then of course uh, in July he throws that uh, the what's known now as the imperfect game when he came two outs away from a perfect game, and by that point the uh, city was lighting up. Mets uh, Mets mania had taken hold, and Tom Seaver was at the forefront. No doubt. And you watch the Mets go win the World Series in 1969. It's this incredible run, the Miracle Mets. You mentioned a 50-year anniversary back in 2019. All right, Bob. So, Seaver's three years into his career then at that point. When did it dawn on you, we might be watching 
the best Met ever. Obviously, you didn't know what was going to happen after the fact. You didn't know what was going to happen with future players. But, like, there had to be a point in time, maybe in the mid-1970s, where you're like, man, I may not see anybody in this Met uniform as dominant and, no pun intended, as terrific as Tom Seaver. Well, it uh, it really started to dawn on you, uh, I would say, by the time they reached 1973 and almost won it all again. And, um, you know, Seaver, look, we don't have to go over what happened in the 1973 World Series against Oakland. Uh, it's, it's controversial to this day, the decision to use Tom Seaver in, in Game 6 of that World Series. But year after year, I mean, again, remember, he's rookie of the year in 67. He wins 16 games again in 68. He wins 25 games in 1969. In 1971, he has one of the great years in the history of baseball. Uh, 75, Cy Young, 73, he leads him to the World Series. So you're getting the idea that we're dealing now with greatness. So I would say that, look, 69, you knew you were dealing with greatness. What this guy was doing, and not only were you seeing it, you were hearing opponents like Hank Aaron and Johnny Bench. You were hearing players he was pitching against talk about, wow, this guy is good. And he was already being mentioned in the category of guys who were great at that time, like Bob Gibson and, and you know the Don Drysdales of the world. So you knew what you were dealing with, what you didn't know what was coming in terms of the direction of the franchise. And, of course, when you hit June fifteenth, 1977, as glorious as 1969 was, 19, June fifteenth, seventy-seven was as dark a day as any franchise in this city has ever experienced. I mean, that the Mets franchise had the heart ripped out of it. So you went from having the most special player in the history of the franchise to having him traded away because of a, a petty, in this case, uh, chairman of the board, M. M. Donald Grant. But there was no singular moment where you said, wow, this guy, you know, you're looking at a Hall of Famer. When he did what he did over those first three years, J.J., 67, 68, and then, boom, 1969, he's the personification of that. You knew you had somebody special. And, of course, um, he would become (laughs) – he was special. He is – you know, the Mets, look, he's the greatest ever. You're talking about an, an elite Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer. You're talking about an elite Hall of Famer. This is I think it's fair to say, Bob, one of the five or six best pitchers of the last 50 or so years. That's a fair statement, right? It definitely is a fair statement. And he also was one of the rare stars who could really express what he did eloquently. Think about it. How many great, great players in the history of baseball have been able to sit down and do multiple interviews or write books or be uh, profiled in magazines and talk with such eloquence and precision about what he does as a craftsman. And I think that also separates Tom Seaver from many, many others. He, he could talk pitching and tell you, you know, what drove him. You know how he approached each game, how his, you know, how he mentally focused on, on every pitch and and the mechanics and 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 the mental aspect and the and the the pitcher batter dynamic. I mean, he did that. 
you know, he's pretty much J.J. in a category almost by himself in that way. There aren't all that many players of his greatness who have been able to do that. You have, you know, athletes who can talk about the game and do it well. But of his greatness, I think the um, I think the hitting analogy would probably be, um, you know, Tony Gwynn was good in that regard, Ted Williams certainly. But when it came to p- pitching, Tom Seaver not only was a great performer, he could explain his craft well too. And I, and I thought there was something to be said for that as well. Um, 77, that trade. I don't think we'll ever see a trade that is more universally hated. I think that's fair to say, right, Bob? Like, I was trying to go through it now, and obviously nothing really compares to Tom Seaver still in the prime of his career getting traded away by the New York Mets. You know, I was going to Beckham, who a lot of Giant fans wanted to get rid of anyway, and doesn't come close to a Seaver. Revis, who wanted out. I'm just thinking Ewing, even though Ewing was at the end of his career and it was clearly time to move on. I can't think of a trade in my lifetime in New York history that brought about that sense of just anger and vitriol and just, you know, a, a state of shock amongst Mets fans everywhere. I don't think we'll ever see one like that ever again. J.J., this is the franchise that traded um, Nolan Ryan, and yet I've never mentioned the Nolan Ryan trade in the same vein as the Tom Seaver trade. The Tom Seaver trade stands by itself. It's just it's just it made no sense. It was based on two personalities, Seaver and M. Donald Grant. Now, M. Donald Grant, without getting into his history, was an obstinate SOB. There's no other way of putting it. This was a guy who Jack Lang is the uh, it was a great sports writer, covered the Mets, and Jack Lang is the sports writer who termed Tom Seaver the franchise. He gave him that nickname. And M. Donald Grant actually confronted Jack Lang and said, Tom Seaver is not the franchise. Mrs. Payson and I are the franchise. That's the kind of personality you were dealing with when it came to the, the, the lead-up to the trade. Now, remember, in 1977, it was the, these were the burgeoning years of free agency, and Seaver thought he was underpaid. And Tom Seaver was, you know, he was... He was headstrong, and he knew what his value was. And so there was the back and forth between him and a guy who was as cheap as the day is long, and then Donald Grant. And so they had it out, and the real sad part of the story, J.J., is that it looked like there was going to be a reconciliation. It looked like they had finally come to some kind of an understanding. And then the bomb dropped, M. Donald Grant fed some stuff to Dick Young, who was, you know, the uh, Daily News columnist, um, which is another, you know, his his life's story is an, is an interesting one. But uh, Dick Young was basically carrying the water for M. Donald Grant, and he wrote some items in his column, including one that, that really cut to the quick when it came to, um, to Tom Seaver. He wrote that Tom Seaver is making less money than Nolan Ryan and Ruth Ryan, the wife of Nolan Ryan is, uh, or I should say Tom Seaver, Nancy Seaver. The wives are jealous of each other because one is making more money than the other. And when Dick Young wrote that in his column, 
that sent Seaver over the edge. He's, basically, he said, look, you can, you, you can come at me with whatever you want, but once you drag my family into this, then it's a whole different matter. And um, that's when he said, I've had enough, you know, get me out of here. And, uh, and unfortunately, uh, Joe McDonald, who was the general manager of the Mets uh, in 1977, was given his marching orders. Joe McDonald, the, the father of our own uh, Jody McDonald, uh, Jody McDonald actually talks about how he had a hand in that trade. <laughs> Jody has said he was the person who they traded him for. They traded a receiver for um, four players, Doug Flynn, Steve uh, Henderson, Pat Zachary, and the fourth player was a guy named Dan Norman. And, and Jody McDonald says he was the person who told his dad, uh, based on, I think, a baseball card, throw Dan Norman into that deal. So Joe McDonald traded uh, Tom Seaver. And that was June 15th, 1977. And, J.J., I am not embellishing it. It was the darkest day in the history of maybe any franchise in the history of this city. It was just awful. And they got what they deserved. It was followed by essentially a, a, a dark forest. Shea Stadium was a ghost town. In 19, I've told Mets fans this over and over again. You think it's been bad? Name the years. You know, going back from 2020, you pick the year, you pick the era. You think it was bad then? I'd give you 1978 and 1979 and 1980. Go to Shea Stadium. Look at the attendance numbers. Look at those teams. That is what was post-Seaver. And um, they deserved it. They deserved it. They deserved it for having traded uh, – the greatest player in the history of the franchise and one of the greatest pitchers that, that ever, ever lived. Luckily, they made up for it in a way by uh, bringing him back in 1983 for a glorious opening day when the, he and the, the Mets beat the Phillies. Um, on, but just and then the you had to see him in a White Sox jersey oh. winning his 300th game at Yankee Stadium. Oh. Now, that had to be weird, Bob. That had to be weird. Nothing. that Now, look at pictures of that. Look at that. Those ugly, ugly White Sox ugly. uniforms, too. Ugh. Ugly Ugh. White Sox uniforms. And he, and he gets it done in Yankee Stadium. Could there be anything more uh, just just disconnected with that scenario? I mean, I mean, in Yankee Stadium, in a White Sox uniform, he wins his 300th game. Not good. You know, also, uh, he was in the dugout. Of course, you know, he, he was he was almost part of that Red Sox team that beat the Mets in You know, that is crazy. Did he make any postseason appearances? No. No, no right? He, no, he had a knee injury, but okay. he did pitch down the stretch for that team. And there, you don't see it often, but he's in the dugout. Uh, the game six, he's, in, he's, he's there. And that's unsettling as well. But you know what? Those are bad memories. I'm, I'm now thinking about everything good and everything that was uh, – Great about Tom Seaver, and um, as I said earlier to J.J., you'll experience it someday. Um, I was telling Sal earlier, I've watched, you know, unfortunately, you know, in, in, in our lifetimes, both of us, we've seen great, great sports figures pass on. But there are some that just, um, if it means something to you, it hits harder. And uh, this this one, it, it hit hard. And uh, I, I guess it just speaks to uh, – you know, time passing by and a connection to uh, a franchise and a great player for that franchise that really meant something to you. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's now it's time to reminisce and remember and, and pay homage to uh, somebody who really uh, defined greatness in this town, J.J. Bobby, fantastic job. Thank you so much for the time. 
And when I think New York Mets, I think Bob Usler. So on a day like today where you're remembering the late great Tom Seaver, I turn to one of my great Met historians. Thanks, my bud. Always love being on with you, JJ. You take care. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.